Oh, isn't that true? Isn't he great? We need him. We need more of him. Each and every day, can't get enough of Jesus in our life. Man, how our lives have been changed because of him. One of my daughters woke up this morning in a bad mood, cranky, and just, you know, makes it that much more difficult. Aren't you glad that God doesn't wake up in bad moods like us? It would really mess us up, wouldn't it? He is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The love that we felt yesterday, we can feel today. The grace that we experienced last year, we can still experience that today because His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. We serve a faithful God. Amen. And He is here today, amen, to meet your needs, to meet up with you. Hopefully you came to meet Him because He came to meet you. Amen. And uh, minister to your need. Amen. As we're staying, we can go to the word of the Lord today. Uh, the book of Luke, the 20th chapter. Two verses there. Luke 20, verse 17. And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him into powder. Man, we don't, uh, we all have, we're all going to meet that stone one way or another. I want to preach to you today from this title, Broke, Broken But Blessed. Broken But Blessed. Turn to a few people, shake their hands, and ask them, are you broken or are you blessed? Man, there was, there was a tragedy that struck centuries ago, and the world has not forgotten it. The story has been passed down to each new generation, and this tragic story uh, that was told to me was this. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. You get that bad news as well? I think we all heard that, uh, that tragic event. It does sound tragic why someone felt the need to inform me about that. I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, it has really no impact on my life, and yet for over two centuries, this story has survived, and we pass it on uh, to the next generation and maybe that's one of those questions you can ask Jesus when you get to heaven. Who is Humpty Dumpty and why was it told to me? And so there is a, there's a mantra out there that many people uh, adhere to, and it goes like this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I see that you've heard about that as well. I tend to subscribe to that saying myself. Uh, and so let's be clear, it, it, 
the saying states, if it ain't broke, that doesn't mean there's not problems with it. It just means it's not broke. doesn't mean there's not any noises or fractured pieces or it's lost 90% of its efficiency. It simply states, if it's not broke, then don't fix it. If it's still running, it ain't broke. If it's still running but makes noises, it's still running and it ain't broke. But even if you have to put a quart of oil in it every day, it's still running. It's not broke yet. Just don't forget to put the oil in it and then it will be broke. Um, before I put this picture up there, I just want to do a, a, a disclaimer. It may shock some of you. It may... Um, bring back terrible memories, uh, so just be ready for it. Pick it up, picture number one. Anyone have an experience of tragedy like that? Well, your cell phone just breaks. The screen cracks or it falls apart. And uh, But by the grace of God, somehow we can see through that and text back. It still works. Thank God for Siri, Alexa, whoever they are, collecting our thoughts. Uh, it still works if it ain't broke, it ain't broke at it. I may be broke, and that's the reason why it hasn't been fixed yet, but I'm blessed because it still works, and I can still text you back. But sometimes we go to the extreme before we finally give in and do something about it, and we finally bite the bullet and replace that screen, and it's like it's like we're in heaven. Uh, like, man, man, this feels so great, and... We say to ourselves, why did I wait so long? Why did I put all of this off? And it could, I could have been enjoying the blessing so much sooner had I just admitted that it needed fixing and trying to hold out as long as I can. Even though technically it, it may not have been broken yet, it is evident that it, the work, there could have been some work done to that. It, it could have benefited me a lot earlier had I taken it in and told somebody it was broken. But uh, we don't have that sense of appreciation. We don't have that sense of gratitude and reflection until we have admitted to something that it was broke. And we need it fixing. We won't understand and we won't appreciate being blessed until we've understood and experienced being broken. We don't know. We like the sound of blessing and we are a blessed people, but that is only because we know what it means to be broken. And we know that blessed is far from being broken. And so that's why we come to appreciate being blessed and being saved by the grace of God because we know where we were. We know who we used to be. We knew that we were broken and messed up and we needed help. But thanks be to the grace of God and His tender mercy, loving kindness towards us that He saved us and brought brought us in here, and now we can experience what it means to be blessed. People that grow up, uh, rich, rich kids or whatever you want to call it, they don't really understand it all unless they are first broke and they grew up poor. Then you really appreciate what it means to have money and, and you hold on to it. And so uh, you don't know what it's like to be blessed until you know what it's like to be broken. You don't know what it means to be healed until you first have been sick. 
You don't know what it means to be saved until you first know what it means to be lost. And you can't be blessed until you are first broken. And to be broken, you have to admit that you're broken and you need some help. That you need the touch of God in your life. You need Jesus to come and change your life. But if if we never confess that we are broken, then we'll never experience the blessing of being blessed. And so there is a hybrid belief out there that fills people's minds that you can be blessed and skip over the broken part. So a lot of people try to do. Let's skip over being broken or admit being broken and try to get the blessing. How can you uh, get a new phone without admitting your current phone is broken? Uh, well, my phone isn't broken. That's just my wallpaper. And now it has a, a texture to it. It's a special wallpaper. You can feel the cracks. It's amazing. As long as you believe that, you'll never get a new phone. Because to them, it's not broken. It's still working. And how can you receive forgiveness without first confessing and repenting of sins, of of things you've done? You can't. You can't receive the forgiveness until you say, I've done something wrong. Hebrews 9 and 22, without shedding of blood is no remission. And so sins cannot be covered up except by the shedding of blood. And so for a sinner to walk around and believing and living like all is well and no sacrifice had been shed for his sins and no blood had been covered for them, and he, we would say that that person's crazy walking around thinking that he's okay when no sacrifice or no blood has been shed for him. He's disillusioned, he's out of his mind, and yet how many things are broken in our lives that we haven't admitted yet? How many things are broken in our lives that we haven't admitted to God yet? Well, I'm not sure if it's broken, and, 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 that, may, and that might be the truth because we haven't taken taking an honest look at it. I don't know if it's broken, then I can't be held accountable if it needs to be fixed. Many times that's our argument. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's broken or not, and that's our excuse. I I just didn't know because we never really cared to look to see if it was broke or not because I think maybe deep down we have a feeling it probably is broke. But if I look at it and realize it's broke, now I have to fix it. And so I'll just say, well, I'm not sure. And so how many people are going to stand before God and say, I didn't know I was a sinner? And God will say, well, I gave you my book. You just never cared to look into it. And so God is at at least one step ahead of us with our brilliant yet ignorant argument because in Acts 17 it says, The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And so God went on the offensive and he said, I'm tired of hearing the excuses of people saying, well, I just didn't know. And he's like, I'm going to make a public service announcement in case you're unsure, everyone Everyone is broken. Everyone is a sinner. Everyone needs to be fixed. Everyone needs to repent of their sins. Thank you very much. Everyone is broken. 1 John 1 and 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. And so for those that do confess that they are broken, those that do confess that they are hurting and are in need, God will fix them. God will heal them. God will restore them. God can remake them. But he can only do that for someone who has first admitted that they are broken and that they need help and that they need to be fixed. But if we never confess that, we can never experience the blessing of being fixed. And so they first have to admit that they are broken before they can become blessed. Mark 2.17, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Healthy people just don't really go to the doctor to hang out there. And the doc says, well, what are you doing here? Um, just hanging out. It's a nice place. Only people that admit that they are sick go to the doctor. Or those who, whose uh, limited lifetime warranty is getting ready to expire and they're going to get a checkup just to make sure things aren't uh, breaking down faster than uh, we're hoping. And so um, the self-righteous are not going to repent as Jesus was talking to the Pharisees there about uh, coming to uh, calling sinners to repentance. He didn't call the righteous, but sinners Talking to the Pharisees, uh, a self-righteous person is not going to repent. I, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't need to repent. I'm not broke. I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. And so the self-righteous believe that they haven't done anything wrong, so they aren't broken and they don't need any fixing. And so that is why Jesus could never reach the Pharisees. Never got to them because they didn't need any help. And Jesus came to help out people that needed help. And so as long as they were self-righteous and arrogant in their spirit, God had nothing for them. But yet he had everything waiting for them. All he's waiting for is somebody to say, I'm broken, Lord, and I need some help. I'm a sinner. I've lost my way. I don't know where to go. I need some help. And there Jesus will be to show right up with all your answers, with every situation, with every solution, with all that you need is waiting right there. But we have to first say, God, I'm broken. People that don't think they need anything, God has nothing for them. But people that do need something, God has everything that they could ever ask for. He can meet every need. He can heal every sickness. He can rebuke every disease. He can cast out every devil. He can even raise people from the dead. But only if, only if they confess that they are broken and they are in need of his help. That's what he's waiting for. Luke tells us of a woman that came to Jesus and admitted that she was broken. Luke 8, 43, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came unto him, touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood uh, stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? 
When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Almost in every instance of somebody getting miraculously healed or delivered, there was a crowd or a multitude of people that were surrounding Jesus. And yet, here, there was a crowd of people, and only one of them admitted that they were broken. Only one of them said, I need you, Jesus. And therefore, out of the hundreds or even thousands of people that were there, there was only one healing that took place because only one person confessed that they actually needed a healing. And yet we are told of other accounts where Jesus healed the entire city. Entire cities were healed. Every need was met. Every sickness was healed. Every prayer was answered. What's the difference? It all comes down to our willingness to admit that we are broken and we need some help. There's more than 100 people here today representing hundreds if not thousands of needs. And we might leave here today and God only touching one. I surely hope not. Because they might be the only one that says, God, I'm broken. God, I've reached the end of my road. God, I I don't know where else to go. God, I need help. My life is broken. My home is broken. My health is broken. It doesn't matter what the need is. All that Jesus is looking for is for somebody to say, help me, Lord Jesus. I am broken. I'm a broken person. I'm in a difficult situation. I'm not sure if I'm going to get out, but I need you to come here and fix it. And, And how often do we want Jesus to come into our lives and fix our situations? Fix our situations but not fix us. Who might have caused a situation in the beginning. But God, you need to fix this situation, but I'm okay. Just fix the situation. Oh God, no, not me. I'm not broken. Just everything around me is. And all the people in my life are broken. Yeah, they're all broken. Touch them, Jesus. Touch them with your lightning bolt. And But remember, Jesus, I'm not broken. I'm okay. What prevents us from confessing that we are broken? There are many reasons out there, but the strongest one would be probably our pride. Our pride will keep us from saying that I am broken, that I am fallen, that I am messed up, that I need help, because we view brokenness as weakness, and we can't appear Uh, that we don't have it together. We just can't imagine people thinking we don't have it together. And so we view brokenness as ugly and unattractive. And who wants to look like that? And so we got to cover it up so that we uh, are not uh, broken or that we appear not to be broken. But it's like our soul is is crying out for help, uh, but our pride comes and covers our mouth and says, oh, everything's fine. Yet we feel the pain deep down inside and we know something's not right, but 
we still let our pride cover our mouth and not confess before the Lord. And so uh, I don't want to appear weak, and I, I don't want to appear like I don't have it all together. I don't want to look like I'm uh, broken. And so there are hundreds, if not thousands, of articles and blogs and books and writings out there that basically say, if we don't ask for help, then we cannot grow. And that's, that's what the world writes, and we, we know that to be true. If we don't ask for help, then we cannot grow. If we don't confess that we are broken, then we cannot get better. We cannot uh, get blessed if we don't first say that we are broken. And, and think about it. Think about where you are right now in your life. Did you get there where you are all by yourself? Or did you have help along the way? And I'm not even really referring to spiritual stuff, just your, your natural life. Maybe you're successful in business and, and whatever you have in life. And did you get that all by yourself or did people throughout your life help you out because you, you needed help? And how many people have touched your life and, and how many people helped you to get where you are today, to be that man or woman that you are today? And the truth is, is that we've all had help. We all have help. We can't, we can't make it in this world all by ourselves. We've all been given a boost by somebody, and we're at a point, we're at a point in our life when we, we couldn't figure it out. We didn't know how to do or where to go, and we, we asked for help from somebody, and somebody came along and said, here, let me help you out. But at, at some point, our, I don't know when it happens, but our pride begins to take over our decision-making process. And we all know that now, now everything, we got everything back together, that we're all good. And, oh, we're all, we're all got our lives back together and, and everything, I'm holding it together. And we finally reached that place in life where we're not broken anymore. I'm a homeowner. That tells people that I'm not broken. Or I've got a, I own my own car. I have a job. You see, I'm not broken. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm contributing to society. I'm a productive member of this world. I, I've got it all together, and I'm not broken. But if that were the case, then the place that our society looks to, to having the nice things in the so-called blessed life of all the big houses and big homes and and big cars, then that would mean that there are no broken people in Hollywood. Paradise, no brokenness in Hollywood because they've got their life all together. We may laugh how we may laugh at how ridiculous that statement is, but how many times do we act like Hollywood elites and say that we're not broken? Last time I've checked, the Bible says that we all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so that sounds like we're all broken people. We're all in this together. We're just trying to get through another day at a time, uh, and we're trying to find uh, a better place. We're trying to find the hand of God, but we first have to say, yeah, we're broken. We're messed up. And so that sounds like we're all broken, and and, and man strives for glory and man's glory, but man's glory is not going to substitute uh, the, for God's glory, how we have fallen for God's glory. We try to fill that with man's glory and say, look at me, look what I've done. Well, man's glory is not the same as God's glory. And once we've fallen from God's glory, 
The only way we can get back up there is by the help of God. And so it doesn't matter how much of man's glory uh, we'd have on this, or, on this earth. It will not cover the shortfall that is in our life between us and God's glory. And so there's no way around it. There's no way out of it. We are a broken people, and we are in need of a Savior. We are in need of help, and Jesus is here today saying, I'll help you out. I'm, I'm here to help people, but I need to know that you know that you're broken, that you need to confess to me and say, I can help you. Uh, will you let me help you? I can heal you, but will you let me? I can touch you and deliver you, but will you let me? There's no question that we all agree of the power of God and how we can touch, heal, deliver, do anything in our lives. But the only issue is, will we let him touch us? And if we think our life is all together, we're not gonna, we don't need God to touch our life. I've got it all together. But if we confess and we say that we are broken and in desperate need of him, then God can show up and start doing wonders. We, We want to be blessed, but we're not sure if we want to admit that we're broken. But here's the reality. We cannot bless ourselves. What are you going to do? Write yourself a check and say, bless you. Somebody's looking for a blessing. <laughs> However smart we think we are, we cannot bless ourselves. That has to come for an outsider. Somebody else has to touch our life. Somebody else has to bless our life for us to be blessed because we can't do it ourselves. And so that means if you want to be blessed, then you're going to have to get some help from somebody. You can't bless yourself. You need help from somebody because we cannot do it on our own. And so the people that have their lives all together, the people that are not broken and, and need no help from anyone, how do you expect to get to heaven without any help? How do you figure that one out? But as soon as we fall down, And as soon as we admit that we are broken and that we need help and ask him, Lord, what what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus shows up and he shows us the way. He extends a ladder down to us and says, this is the way that you need to go. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in in Jesus' name. You need to receive my spirit, speaking in other tongues as the Holy Ghost fills you. That will help turn your life around. That's what will help turn take you from being broken to being blessed is being by being touched by the hand of God in your life and the spirit of God uh, speaking through you that only comes through confession and first repentance but if there's no repentance there's no there's no real baptism there's no unfilling of the Holy Ghost there's no the blessings of God because we first have to say I'm broken and I need help Luke 20, 18, whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And so it sounds like everyone is going to be introduced to that stone. 
We like to say every knee will bow at the name of Jesus, of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We, we, we know that, but there's also a parallel verse that says, uh, he who falls on a stone will be broken, or that stone will fall on them and grind them to powder. Same person. Uh, we're all going to meet Jesus. We're all going to meet the stone. And it's just a matter of will. Are we going to uh, confess now and meet Jesus now and fall on that stone now, or are we going to be introduced to that stone later on? And so we're all broken, but if we want to be broken and blessed, then we have to realize our condition, and we have to fall upon the stone and to be broken. For those that don't want to fall on the stone, don't worry, the stone will fall on you. And so we're all broken people, but in order to be blessed, we have to pass through the process of brokenness, and that comes through by admitting that we are helpless, that we cannot do this on our own, that we need uh, the help of God in our lives. But once we admit that and confess, and God says, ah, now I can have something to work with. Now I can start working in their lives, in their home, their situation. But until we confess, nothing happens. Musician, if you would come. The great apostle Paul, who wrote a majority of the New Testament, a man who was successful in all areas. He rose to fame without God. And he rose to fame with God. That's hard to do. Both of them. But he had the fall. There was a great fall in between both of those. And things changed around for him. He fell on that stone. But of all the things that Paul has accomplished in his life of all of the success that he's had, all of the churches that he started, all that he preached at, all the conferences, and, and all the miracles that he did, all the great things for the kingdom of God that Paul did. How does Paul talk about himself in Scripture? Does he say, I'm blessed, I'm the most blessed man? I've done all these things for the Lord. I'm a, I'm a blessed man. And if we had Paul's success, how would we introduce ourselves? Be walking around. Let, let me tell you who I am. I wrote most of that book that you're reading. Here, here's another copy for your friend. Tell him I wrote it. I'll sign it for you. I've got my life together. I've, uh, I, 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 I've done all these great things. But not Paul. As I said last week, Paul never got over the cross. And the other thing, Paul never got over. He never forgot how broken he was. And that is how he stayed in the church. That is how he stayed so close to God because he never forgot how broke he is. He's just a broken person. That without Jesus, he's nothing. Without him in our lives, we're nothing. And Paul never let himself forget that, that I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I'm a, I'm a mess without Jesus. And so uh, uh, he never forgot how broken he was. And that is how he would most often talk about himself, how broken he was. 
he would say things like this, 1 Timothy. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of who I am chief. Somebody who thought their life was all, they had their life all together would not say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. He never let himself forget. I'm still broken. And even though I'm in the church and even though God has done all those great things in my life, I'm still broken without him. And I don't ever need to forget that because once I do forget that I'm broken without Jesus is the time that I start thinking that I I have my life together, that I'm holding myself together, that I've done all this and that I've opened all these doors. And so why would you say that you are chief among sinners? Why would you say that you're sounding, that sounds weak, man. That That doesn't sound good. Paul would say that's because I am. I am broken. I have fallen upon that stone, and and my life did shatter into a million pieces. And I haven't tried to put myself back together. Just laid on that stone, and I'm letting God put me together. Because if I start putting myself back together, I'm going to put myself how I used to be, because that's how I know. That's who I am. That's the way I was born. And so if we start uh, putting ourselves back together instead of Jesus, we're going to be back in the same place we used to be. But we have to fall upon that stone and just lay there broken because that's when God will say, I'll come in and I'll start putting things together the way that I need to do it. And so uh, because Paul knew I can't bless myself, I can't put my life back together, but all that I can do is to lay here and confess that I am broken and that I need help. Romans seven eighteen, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. In case you haven't figured it out, your flesh is not good. It's not your friend. For to will is present with me, but how to f- perform that which is good I find not. He's saying, I... There's a, there's a desire in me to do good, but I can't find, my flesh is not telling me how to do good. It's not telling that to me. For the good that I would, I do not. I long to do good stuff, and I, 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 just, I just don't do it. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Speaking of his flesh, his flesh only wants to do evil. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I mean, our bodies are infected with sin, and so that's what causes us to do those things. And I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, 
and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And so there's a war in my mind, and my soul wants to do good things, but my flesh is saying, no, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to allow you to speak up. And your pride is the one that says, yeah, everything is fine. You don't need to cry out to God. And so there's a war uh, in, in my mind against my body, because my body is evil, but my mind wants to do good. And he introduces himself again, verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. This is the Apostle Paul. Describing himself as the chief among sinners. And uh, I'm a wretched man. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an evil man. And without, without the help of the Lord, I'm a wretched man. Anyone ever introduce yourself as a wretched person? Maybe you've called somebody a wretched person, but it's one thing to call somebody that. It's another thing, another thing to say, oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. We would introduce ourselves as righteous, blessed, got it all together, Wretched, I'm not going to say I'm wretched. Because we won't say that means we'll miss out on some things that God has for us. But Paul says, I am a wretched man. I'm not even going to try to cover that up. Because I'm still bound by this fleshly body, and I know this fleshly body is evil, and it works against me, and uh, I am a wretched man. And so this flesh is not my friend it has corrupted my mind. It tries to corrupt my mind and heart. And it, if I allow it, it will lead me astray. If I don't admit that I am truly broken and need help, then I will be led astray by this wretched body that I live in. And that is why Paul lived a blessed life. Because he lived life as a broken man. He never let himself forget that he was broken, that all he is is broken. And so God touches our life, and we many times will forget about how frail we really are. But Paul would never let himself forget because he'd tell right in the epistles, I'm a wretched man. I, the chiefest among sinners, that was me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bondservant to Jesus Christ. I'm a slave to Jesus. I, I'm not my own, and uh, I'm just a, a messed up sinner. I, I'm just broken. I, I'm just in need of help. I need to be fixed, and I need help, and I need Jesus because if I don't get this help, then I will walk through life thinking everything is fine and that I've got it all together. And then one day... It'll all be over. And that introduction, that meeting with the stone will finally take place. Stand with me today. Down in the rainforest of Brazil, there is a deadly fungus that attacks ants. Fungus that attacks ants. They never even realize it. Put up that picture for me. What happens is, we look at a person like that and they, how in the world did that happen to them?
ants walk underneath an infected area where these this fungus is, where this microscopic spores are being spewed out in the air. These little tiny, tiny spores drop on the ant. Those spores eat a tiny hole and through the exoskeleton gets inside the body and starts to infect it. But it's so subtle, Anne doesn't even realize it. And it continues on with life as usual, still a part of the ant colony, still marching in that line. Still working, still gathering food where it's always been and always done. Nothing has changed. Nothing to worry about here. Nothing to see here. I'm fine. I'm normal. Got it all together. Meanwhile, this fungus is growing on the inside. But then one day, out of nowhere, the ant breaks rank. just starts veering off it leaves the safety of the colony goes off by itself it climbs up a leaf leaf and precisely at 25 centimeters above ground which happens to be the perfect elevation of temperature and humidity for this fungus to thrive. This ant crawls up a tree, a plant, 25 centimeters above the ground, and it bites down on the leaf. And then the fungus takes its life. And there lies the ant. And out of its brain grows the mushroom that was really deep inside. And therefore, as the mushroom blooms, more spores can spread out on the ants that are just beneath it. For many days, the ant seems fine, doesn't even know. It doesn't have any symptoms of this deadly fungus. But just one day, it happens. And it goes off, never to return. The same can be said about the sin in our life. So many people go through life thinking everything is fine. Never confessing that they're broken or that they need help. But then one day... That disease takes them away. And they find themselves all alone, without anybody, without the safety of friends, family, or the church. Something pulled them out. And it was something that was inside. That was never confessed. That was never said, I'm broken. And so if we are to experience a blessed life that God has for us, We can't let ourselves forget that we're just broken people. At never any point in our life, doesn't matter how long that we've been in the church, we're still broken. If Jesus leaves us, we're broken. We're messed. We're a mess. And so each and every day, 
Paul would remind himself, oh, wretched man that I am, but where are you, Jesus? I can't do it on my own, Lord, but I know I can do all things through you. I know that I'm just really a dead person, but your, your spirit is the one that gives me the life. And so really, in Paul's eyes, admitting to being broken is not an ugly thing. But admitting brokenness and, and, and confessing that you need help is really a beautiful thing. Because Scripture tells us that God will give us beauty for ashes. He'll give us strength for weakness. But we have to say, God, I'm weak. God, I can't do it on my own. I've tried and I've just run out of my, uh, my own ability. But as long as we admit that we are weak, then Jesus can be right there and says, Hey, are you some of my strength? I will help you through this situation. He will give us the oil of joy for mourning. Because when we are weak, that is when we are strong. The world does not like to admit being weak and broken but in the kingdom of God, that is the best place to be to say, oh, God, I'm weak. Oh, God, I'm wretched. Oh, God, I'm broken. Please come into my life. Come and touch me. I, I need help. I need salvation. I need to be saved from this situation. I need to be saved from this evil flesh that I carry around with me. So I want to open up these altars today to anyone that is broken that needs something from God today, the way that you get it is saying, oh, help me today, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm not going to hold back anymore. I'm not going to keep it inside of me and walk around like everything's fine because all it takes is one day and I can just easily turn off, turn aside and go the wrong way. Come on, if you're broken, if there's something in your life that you need God to touch, come on and come and come down and tell Him what it is. Confess with your heart. Open up your mouth and say, Oh God, I need you today. I don't even know where to begin, God, but that's okay. Just say, God, I'm a broken person. I'm a wretched man. I'm a wretched woman, God. I need your love. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. Well, let's cry out to the Lord today. Let's cry out to the Lord today. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, you can get that done today. But you got to say, I need to, Lord. I need to be washed. I need to be cleansed today. I need a new heart, a new mind. Come on, help, help us, Jesus. We're just a bunch of broken people. I think we have it together, God, but you know we don't. Holy Spirit, well, let's worship Him. Let's cry out to Him. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm hurting. I'm sick. I can't do it, Jesus. Broken but blessed. God will touch you today. God will speak. Oh, let's pray. Maybe you felt lead. Oh, 
lay your hand upon somebody and pray for them. God, help them, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us broken people. To the heart of Jesus, there is nothing we want more. Oh, let's worship Him. Teach us how to live beyond ourselves. Let everything we say and do bring glory to your name and bless your heart. God, show us how to love like you.
it's all about you. It's all about you. Not about me. the heart. 